When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Grabowski. I'm sure you've noticed some changes recently, and I'll explain those in the near future. As we reload the podcast with great coaches, we'll be sharing episodes from our archives. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We just eclipsed the 4 million listen mark, and we're excited about the direction for the future of the podcast. Today's episode from the archives is with Arizona Wildcats Offensive Coordinator, Noel Mazzoni. Coach Mazzoni has joined us on the podcast several times and will join us again here soon in the near future. In this episode, we focus on the game planning process. Whether you're playing your season right now or preparing for a 2021 kickoff, you'll find Coach Mazzoni's insight on game planning valuable. Enjoy this episode. I'm very excited to be joined today by the offensive coordinator at Arizona, Coach Noel Mazzoni. Coach Mazzoni, it's great to have you here. Hey, Keith, it's a pleasure to be here on the day before the Independence Day. Absolutely, and I know for you, this is a time... And actually, you're actually working, you're working the day before 5th of July, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, and I apologize for making you work a little bit here. Hopefully, this is, uh, <laughs> this is easy. We're just going to talk some ball. Yeah, uh, that's always fun. Coach, I think a lot of us in the coaching world know where you've been and things you've done along the way, I think the biggest interest would be to talk about your background in terms of your learning, the places you've been in, how everything's come together into the end zone system. Because I know it's a a system definitely used at the high school level throughout the country. I know a lot of, of college coaches who utilize your system as well. And Obviously, coaches do that because it's proven and it's effective. But to me, the interest is how did this all come together and what the stops you made along the way? I guess, what did you pick up that has become part of this system? Well, I'd say probably the, the two best things for me when I was young, which was a long time ago, all right, Keith, was my, the first offense I really learned was back the old Ernie Zampezi and North Turner, the triple digits. Joe Gibbs, Washington Reds, Redskins, with the tight zone and stretch and the counterplay, mm-hmm. and all the triple digit passing, which is Coriel, San Diego Chargers, Fouch. That's kind of what I grew up in, right? That family of offenses. And so I really was forced to learn the passing game conceptually and how, how controlled routes and 
and different horizontal stretch, vertical stretch, all that stuff you, we all know about. But it made me at, at a at, when I first got into coaching to spend a lot of time. And the verbiage was long, so so that was good. So because so I happened to work for a guy Leon Fuller and a couple of our guys on our staff actually went to school and played college ball with Joe Gibbs and and Rennie Martin and those guys. So that's my first exposure to learning football. And then my next one, then then I went and I learned split back beer from a guy who's probably the most influential on my coaching career, and that was uh, Jim Wacker back at TCU and the mm-hmm. Horn Frogs. And a lot of the concepts, a lot of, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say concepts, a lot of the the rules and and schemes schematically and all that, and all this zone read stuff that we're all doing now has a lot of that, as we talked about Tubby Raymond, this wing back, the, the wing tee or split back veer, basically the same same type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then probably the third guy was when, I, so I, I kind of had the triple digit stuff. I kind of learned split back veer and, and option football. And then Coach Wacker sent me to learn about the one back offense from Dennis Erickson, who I had a chance later to, to work for. And so I, I, so I grew up and I had a pretty good, I had, I wasn't like in one system for, for, for the whole career. I had, I was exposed to three totally different types of offenses that gave me a chance to kind of put together what I do now. And then after I spent time with the Jets, I figured out that they, that they play way too slow. They, they were playing, we play way too slow. We ask our kids to learn a lot of memorization of words and where to line up. And am I supposed to have this split or that split? And what's my adjustments? And there's so much stuff that they have to think about is they can't, they just can't go play. And so then my background, Mike Leach and Hal Mummy and Dana Holgerson and Kevin Sumlin and that whole group of the air raid. And then I went down and watched, watched Texas Tech play Houston back in like 2010 or nine or something like that. I think it was 2009. And I saw the two air raid teams play against each other at tempo. That's when I was sold on the whole tempo thing. So kind of in a nutshell, my whole philosophy on this whole deal is, is it schemes and plays. I'm like, yeah, we're going to all have, we're all going to have sound schemes. We believe sound schemes that have some answers to them, but I think players win football games. And so I want my guys to have have the, the answers to all the tests, to the test. And the only way to do that to me is repetition. And so plays don't win games. Players win, win games. It's just like, Keith, I'm sure in, you, in, my, in my golf bag, I pulled my seven iron out. I am confident I can hit that seven iron every day of the week because I hit it so much. Right? But I pull the two iron out or the three iron out, it's a little shaky because I don't get a lot of reps at it. Right. So I'm about reps playing fast and, let, and, and letting the kids play, have fun and play the game. Coach, I'm a, a big believer in having a very sound system of language, and I think language and terminology are as important to a system as where the X's and O's, the lines go, that if your guys have to memorize a lot of things, if it has to be a ton of rote memorization and thinking, it starts to take away from their their ability to go out and be playmakers. So having come through a system and and starting with some systems that were very terminology heavy, 
how were you able to to get to where you're at right now and, and what was the way you started to, to formulate the way your terminology your language was going to work okay so it always starts right with the with the hardest part and the hardest part is formations and motions right mm-hmm. because now you, you start getting in i write near zip all right well there's like four words right there just to get my guys lined up so you're always looking for quicker ways to align your guys in the formations that you want and you want and i think you've got to get our, our whole deal about don't change the play, change the presentation to the defense. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% into I don't want to play defense on offense. I don't want to come to the line of scrimmage and say, oh, this play will work against this front, but I, but I have to check it versus this or check it versus that. Oh, I, I, I can't run that one anymore because they're getting in this defense. Well, to me, I'm just playing defense. Right. I'm trying to have the perfect play to the perfect defense, and that's hard to do. So I want to I want to build a scheme. Uh, I, I believe my scheme has got to be that I've that my guys have ran this play so many times, all right. That no matter what defense or what blitz or what coverage they're seeing, they know where the answer is in the play. And I think it's because of the the repetition of running a play, all right. Now instead of me saying, "Hey, trio right zip thirteen stick x gift." Okay, I just want to give that name. I just want to give that a name and say, hey, guys, I'm just going to call that New York. All right? And so when I call New York, you guys know that's the formation. That's the play. It's all encompassing. And I really believe, I believe if I called up Brock Osweiler right now, who I had in 2010, and asked him what New York was, he would probably be able to tell me because he's ran it so much. But if I called him up and said, hey, remember Trio Right Zip 13? smoke x gift i don't know if he would know that but i promise you he would know what new york meant so i just think it's a, a matter of of finding a a efficient way to get your formations done quickly without a lot of signals and then the next thing is the things you do a lot is that we want to give those plays tempo words for for you coach that process in teaching it do you go through and and teach the the longer like you said trio right zip 13, whatever the rest of the call was. Do you teach it like that, or do you immediately present it as New York? What's the, the teaching no, I, process for I, you? I, I teach it. I make them read the book first, okay? And then they get the clip notes. Mm-hmm. So they got to know that's trio, right? This is where it is. So I'm going to let them do that for, for, a, for, a, for a little bit. And I'm going to show up one day and say, hey, you guys remember that play we've been running, trio, zip? 13 smoke x gift remember that play oh yeah coach we know that play I, hey we're just gonna call that new york great so when i call new york just run that play and to me that and there i'm maybe other guys have different ways of doing it but that's kind of how i like to install my tempo plays coach for you when you're looking at tempo plays do you feel that there's a certain type of play that works better in tempo versus others uh, yeah, because number one is in tempo. And so we all talk about tempo. Well, that's kind of the RPOs and tempo is kind of the cool cool right. stuff now, right? Yeah. I mean, even, even Chris Collinsworth talks about it during the Super Bowl, right? Every completion nowadays is an RPO completion, <laughs> but which I think is awesome because I think it puts, does put pressure on the defense. And defenses are starting to catch up to it too. Sure. All right? They're starting to catch up to matching – 
matching your routes and still defending the run and doing those type of things, which you, which happens on all offenses. Everything's everything's exactly. secular, right? Yep. But but so I think you've got. I, 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 it's to me, it's a base. It's something that we're going to run a lot of because I think I need as many 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 reps that, as I as I can get with it, and then I need more. It's also one where there's not going to be a lot of different line calls for my offensive line. I mean, I kind of look at football. I kind of look like that offense like this is that number one, I'm trying to gain lever- outnumber your defense. Number two, I'm trying to out leverage your defense. That's all I'm trying to do. And then I'm just trying to create space, right? And get the ball in the one-on-one situations, whether it's a throw or it's a catch and tackle. So that's basically what the whole thing is based on. Let me just create space, put the ball where the space is in a guy's hands, all right, and make them make a one-on-one tackle. Okay, I don't want nine guys tackling power, okay? I want one guy trying to tackle a, a, a bubble screen out, out in the perimeter. And so, uh, so I, I'm trying to spread the, spread the defense. The hard thing is, the thing you really have to be conscious of, I've found is in this, this tempo, get-it-out-quick offense, is you do spread the defensive horizontally but you also got to understand we got to spread it vertically also mm-hmm. because then all defenses do is they start involving safeties in, in in their defense and pretty soon you got 11 guys within nine yards eight yards of the football so you also have to incorporate that but i wanted the so anyway back to the original question is the tempo stuff is i think how you call the plays is your tempo so in other words is if i go out and i do i go hey give me trio right all right. Hey, let's run 13 smoke X gift. All right. For the time for all that to happen. All right. Is not going to be as quick as when I just yell, Hey, give me New York. Now my guys can line up. They go. They're not having to read, read signals, do all, too many signals, all that kind of the quarterback doesn't have to stand there and read all the signals for all the tags and everything. So I think how you structure your play as in a one word tempo play as a two or three word tempo play or just calling the play like it's written in the playbook will, will change your tempos. And and my guys learn that too. All right. They learn when it becomes a one word play, they got their, they got their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. We're lining up and run this as fast as we can. And they're going to basically be plays where I'm, where there's not going to have to be a lot of adjustment by my offensive line. All right. Because all I want to know is my five or six offensive, my five offensive linemen and my tight end or my five offensive linemen. Hey, you got the four down on the mic, the quarterback and receivers, you got the rest of the guys. So it's really kind of two game plans, two plays going on simultaneously. Coach, shifting that focus to game planning, I know you're a big believer in trying to figure out what the fingerprint is of that defensive coordinator. But I guess before we get into that, could you give us an overview of the game planning process for you? I know that somehow you want to get to 25 plays in that game plan. So yeah. what things yeah. are you doing along that, that process over the course of the two or three days you have the game plan that you're looking at that's going to get you to the 25 you feel most confident in? Which is kind of a clinic, a clinic number, right? I mean, I say, okay, 25 plays. Well, 25 plays to me is the meat and potatoes, right? Right. That, that, I mean, that, 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 that every week we're going to build these 25 first and second down, normal downs, 
it's going to be 85% of your calls in the game. Right. Okay. Then there's the, then there's the dessert. Okay. Which is a situational football. So you've got third and one, you got your third down or a couple extra third down plays in there that are built for that game plan. Okay. Then you got a couple red zones in there, maybe a trick play, maybe a, an unbalanced package. Anyway, so so then there's also this dessert package, okay, that that's, that consists of maybe another eight to ten plays. So I think I think total that gets worked on in a week is somewhere between thirty two and thirty six plays, and that's that that pretty much includes everything. Mm-hmm. So so that the, the twenty five number is 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 a little misleading. It's, it is a little bit more than that. It's on your actual call sheet. As far as what I want to know when we start the game plan, like on a on a sun on a Sunday and a Monday, is basically the old line coach. He's responsible for for the run game, and so what I want him to do is is he'll he'll build a run fit tape. In other words, okay, here's the here's our formations we want to use, or here's a formation we could use because I like the advantages we get in the run fits from this defense. Hey, they're always setting a three technique in the back and two by two. Hey, if we attach a tight end, we're always getting a, a field under team, percentage wise. Right. It's not, not nothing's a hundred percent, but but their tendency is to do that. And so once once he decides on okay, here's the formations. I, it might be trips, might be attached tight end in the boundary trips to the field. He say, man, I love this formation against this guy. Or it's two back, two back flex tight end or brown and black set. Because this really settles them down. I know I'm always getting the under front. I'm getting a, a quarters look. 80% of the time, I'm getting the right looks. So what I want him to do is find those fronts or those formations that, that give us the best look fronts, all right? And then from there, he can start to build the run game. So he says, hey, here's the, here's the, three, here's the two or three formations I want to run our pin pull out of. We're always going to run two by two zone zone read, a three by one zone read. He knows that. But as far as the draw, or or maybe maybe we got a one back power set. Man, I really like this, and we're three by one ta- tight end attached or whatever. And so I I want him to limit that to to give me, hey, here's here's the formations, here's my top couple runs in each one of these formations that give us the best look from what the defense is showing. Then from there, once I get that, hopefully on Sunday night, okay. Once I once I get that, then then I can start to build, all right, my RPO game and my play action game, because it'll all be built off of what he gives me. Mm-hmm. All right. As far as our our drop back stuff and our quick game, that pretty much doesn't change. I may I may add a motion or build it out of a different formation or something during the week, but we're gonna run we're gonna run about the same six pass concepts every game. Now you get into the, the 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 dessert game plan. That's when there something new may come up. One or two plays new may come up because it's hey, it's third and six from the plus six, or it's for, or it's third and one. Okay, hey, we were going to go unbalanced into the boundary and motion across and run whatever. So that's where kind of the specialty plays come up. The situational plays come up. So I'm going to say it's a normal down and distance 25 play game plan, and then there's somewhere from could be six, could be eight to ten situational game plan. So you kind of have two two game plans you're working on. Right. When you're looking at 
a certain coordinator, you, you, you really want to learn, I guess, kind of almost profile him because there's going to be things that he does at certain places on the field, maybe certain situations. How much time do you put into drawing those out and figuring out what are those going to be? What is the fingerprint of this defensive coordinator? Not a whole lot of time, to be honest with you. They are what they are. It's like you said, he's got his fingerprint. He knows what I am. I know what he is. I guess if we spend any time, it's probably on the on third down because mm-hmm. that keeps us on the field. So, so, but as far as we pretty much, we pretty much, have, you, know, you watch about three games on a defensive coordinator, you pretty much know what he is in three games on all normal down and distance type stuff. Now, what I want to know is, hey, in the third down and red zone, does he change? Mm-hmm. Does he change on third and two to six? Or does he change on, on, on third and four to eight? Does he change what eight plus? Does he change when we cross the 25 or does he change when we cross the 35? What's he like in the tight red zone? So I spend a little bit more time. I don't spend a lot of time watching the normal down and distance stuff. Pretty much, hey, here's the fronts they run. Here's the coverages they run. We pretty much know what we want to do. The line coach will build our run game. We'll kind of, I'll, I'll look at it and add, add our RPO stuff. But kind of, I spend more of my time and the other coaches of, so I have a third down coach and a third down guy that that's what that's all he watches all week and he breaks down film he that's all he's looking at is third down and i got a red zone guy too that's all he looks at is red zone and then they and then they call they like usual right keith they all come in with 85 ideas <laughs> on third down and we i throw them all out but about two and the same thing on red zone and they're usually stuff we've run before our kids know how to run and we've just added some pastry to it or whatever so but but you're right. I mean, it's it's. I don't. We don't spend. I usually watch. The, we'll spend most of my time with the third down and the red zone stuff, and then I'll sit and I'll just watch watch more just games. I don't watch a lot of cut ups except for the situational stuff. I'll just watch games and 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 see if his thinking changes when he's playing my our style of offense as opposed to when he's playing. Stanford or whatever Mm -hmm. and so so usually like most coaches is you're gonna I'm gonna pull the games against like offenses and he's pretty much gonna be I I'm who I am and he's gonna be who he is here's the one thing is I really believe is the hardest thing is a for a coordinator is is to accept the fact that he will win some plays yeah I mean I mean you say well what if he does this and I'm not a what if guy I'm not a what if he what if they bring the corner cat on this protection and what well you know what then he got me okay but he's going to bring a corner cat one time and I have this play on and I'm going to get him so and so that that's the only way you can move on to the next play in the game play the next play all right they're going to win some we're going to win some we're just trying to make our odds so when we win they're they're we we need explosives right right you just stay on the field on third down and we need explosives and we just we take our medicine when he gives it to us and we just keep going. So I don't, I don't want our kids. I don't want our kids playing. I don't want to call plays apprehensive. I don't want to coach apprehensive. I don't want our kids playing apprehensive. Coach, I know when you look at explosives that your chances of scoring increase significantly, even just with one explosive play in a drive. If you get two, you're obviously getting into the scoring zone and and have an opportunity to put points on the board. For you, what what's the 
process, I guess, or how are you looking for maybe those opportunities and where they might present themselves in a, in a game plan? Well, obviously you build your shot plays in, right? Like everybody does, but some of our, our most explosive plays come off just our base calls. And I think you, you've got to, I can't, I can't show up on Sunday and watch the film and be pissed because we didn't get any explosive play. And you're exactly right. You get two explosive plays in the drive. It's like 80 some percent. You're going to score a touchdown. Uh, One explosive, your percentages go way up. Right. I mean, I mean, it's, it's the turnovers and explosives are, are huge. Okay. And so you got to, the kids have to understand that too. So you need to talk to them about them. Just like you talk to them about how important turnovers are. Right. You need to talk to them about, Hey, Guys, we need to create explosive. And guess what? That means you backside receivers at time need to bust your ass, right? And you need to go go try to, to catch a downfield block. Or hey, you gotta make one guy miss, or we got you gotta coach that part of it and make them conscious of of, of we're trying to create explosive for you guys. Fifty fifty balls, you gotta go make the play for us. And so I you had mentioned it earlier to me, is I I actually have captains for that on my offense i have a turnover captain an explosive captain a red zone captain and i think a uh finish captain or something i'd have to go back and look so i actually give i actually put it in the kids hands to where that my explosive guy he will go through he i make him go he'll go through as he goes through watching his practice film from each day he'll pull out examples of guys doing a good job to create an explosive and guys not doing a good job to create explosive. And I actually have him keep track of how many explosives do we have in your, in your opinion, how many explosives do we have in practice today? Cause I understand you're going against scout team and guys aren't finishing through to the end zone all, right. all the time, but just in, in your, on your estimate with this, with, with Johnny had turned this into an explosive force and, and, and I'll have them present to the whole group. I'll give them a little five, six minute deal to, so they can give a little little presentation, a little PowerPoint to the to the group on, hey, this is what Tuesdays and Wednesdays practice look like, or Tuesdays practice look like, guys. And I'll do the same with turnovers and that. And the hard part in college is just the time the time issue. Mm-hmm. And so you got to really. It's not like you can do all that stuff every day, but just so every every once every week or two weeks or whatever like that that they sit down and. Joey's up here showing these guys, hey, look at how, how important this is, guys, that we do this to create explosives has an impact. And I know a lot of, of what you're looking at, especially beginning of the week, involves your, your 12% rule, and that's kind of where you start. I, I think I heard you talking about in St. Louis when I saw you there that you're not necessarily going over every single play from the game, but you're looking at especially – things that fall into your, your 12% rule. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how that works for you guys in evaluation? So I heard Ralph Friesen talk about this 15 years ago, all right, or more, or whatever. And it, made, it just hit me as it made total sense because I used to do the goal boards. Hey, we got to rush for 200. We got to throw for 250. We got to have zero turnovers. We got to have a red zone scoring percentage. We got to complete 68% of our passes. You've seen them before, right? Right. And so this huge board on the wall in there. And then at the end it says W or L and you put the W or L in there. Right. And there's like 
25 categories, okay? <laughs> and so we come in Sunday and we look at it, and some weeks I, we'd look at it, we'd make, we'd make almost every goal we had, and we'd have to put an L up there. Or we'd hardly make half of the goals we had, and we'd put a win up there. So I'm, try, I'm thinking, okay, so where's the kids' connection on this? How are they seeing this as being something that's valid to them winning or losing? Besides that, I don't know how at the end of every practice I can sit down and I can do a goal board for them right. and say, hey, look, we did rush for 250 today. We completed 68% of our passes. We had this – I mean, geez, as long as so many hours in the day, right? Right. So he talked about the 12%, which is basically turnovers, sacks, drop balls, and foolish penalties, okay? The four – the four drive killers, all right? So these are the things that, that 90% of the time are going to kill a drive. You jump off sides before the snap. You drop a ball, all right? You obviously turn it over, okay? Or the quarterback gives up a sack, all right? And now it's third and 15 or second and 20. Okay, all, those are the four things that really that, that, that really put you behind the eight ball, that get you off off schedule. And so his, the whole theory, the whole thing is based on you, you add the number of those, those you have up in a game. I got one turnover. I had three sacks. I had two drop balls and I had four foolish penalties. And you take your total number of plays that you had in the game and you divide that into that number. And if you can keep that number below 12%, your, your, your winning percentage goes up to about 92%. Now, in the nine, ten years I've been doing this, it has been right 92% more than it's been wrong. And there's a game every now and then where you, where you have one and you lose 52 to 54 or whatever, all right? Or there's a, there's a game that pops up every now and then where you're way over, you're at 16% and you win. And usually it's because maybe you're playing a lesser opponent. Or your defense, you, you, your special teams returns a couple kicks and your defense returns interception. No, uh, it's extenuating circumstances create that. But if it feels, if the field's equal and just two teams playing, if you can keep that number below, below 12%, your percentage of winning goes way up. So that's my sell to the kit. Now, right or wrong, I've sold that to the guys, right? And those are things that I can, at the end of practice, I can throw it up on the board and say, Hey, look at guys. Here's team today, all right? We ran we we ran 40 plays in, in team versus scout, and we jumped off sides three times. We had four drops. Hey, we we put the ball on the ground. Hey, the quarterback, you got sacked twice. Hey, we were at 22% team today. We ain't going to win this football game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something tangible that the guys, the, the kids can see. And they, they go, hey, all we got to do is take care of those four things, guys, and we're good, all right? Plays will take care of themselves. They always do. All right, we'll make enough plays. All right, we'll make enough first. We'll do all that other stuff. We'll score in the red zone. We'll, you just, you, you guys just take care of these four things, and it's been a really good thing for us. Coach, I know you talked about the captains and how you delegate some of those responsibilities to the players, and obviously get them involved and accountable for those things. But I know also in in hearing you talk before that. Really delegating to your staff is important, and you look to make certain coaches experts in certain areas. And I've worked, I think back early in, in my coaching career, working for guys who uh, you're kind of waiting for him, and he's in his office figuring out the game plan. And it's like when he comes out with it, it's like 
Moses coming down the mountain with the, the stone tablets and the Ten Commandments, <laughs> like waiting for that. But for you, it's it's about that delegation. You already talked about how your O-line coach is, is really going to help you put together that run game. What other kinds of things do you look to delegate and make your guys experts in? Well, there are a couple things. One is I'm not smart enough to put a whole game plan together by myself, and it takes way too long. And number two is one of the one of the things like that 12% rule, like explosive plays, like what's important, okay? And I think what's huge, what's important also is it is that everybody takes ownership in this offense. It's mm-hmm. not my offense, mm-hmm. all right? It's our offense. Hey, players, it's yours too, all right? You guys got to take ownership in this thing. Co- uh, hey, receiver coach, you got to take ownership in it. It's like going to Hertz, right? If when I go rent at Hertz because I got the corporate insurance, I, I kind of park wherever the hell I want when I go to the grocery store. But if it's my car, because I'm renting the damn thing, right? So if somebody opens the door and hits my, my dents my door or or whatever, it's no no big deal. Okay, I don't have any ownership in that thing. But if I when I go when I'm making a car payment every month and I that thing's parked in my garage and I own it, I'm washing it once a week. I'm parking like like another twelve. <laughs> parking spots away from the place so nobody's opening their car door on me right because i own the damn thing so that's how i want my guy the guys the everybody on offense to feel about this thing when it's not working it's it's because all of us aren't doing our job and when it is working it's because all of us are doing our job and so i think these are all things that you may and this is a one thing i've, I've had a chance to work with like dennis erickson jim wacker eric mangini Tommy Tuff. I mean, I've been at Jim Mora. I've been around and Kevin Sumlin. I've been around like had had been blessed enough to be on staff with great head coaches. And that's one of the things I've learned is is that is that if you want if you want your guys to act a certain way or to believe have certain beliefs, you need to coach them to do that. Just because I feel that way doesn't mean they feel that way. So I've got to my my job is, is a lot more than just sitting in my office for 10 hours and drawing up new, new pass routes. Okay. My job is, okay, how do I get these, how do I get these guys? So I'm a huge PowerPoint guy, right? Mm-hmm. I like to put the PowerPoint on, put a little video on there and send messages to them every week. What's the keys to victory this week, guys? Hey, this is, if we just do these things, here's, here's how we're going to win this football game. We've got to beat man to man coverage. All right. Receivers. You've got to be man. You've got to be able to separate versus. This is a huge one free team. They play press man coverage. We got to do a great job with our man to man concepts. Okay. Hey, this this guy. They got two great defensive ends. Hey, backs O line. Our key to victory is this: is to control those two defensive ends. So, in other words, got to give them tangible things that they can say. Hey, if I do these things, if I work to do these things right, okay, we can win this football game. Coach, obviously this That's kind of a long that's kind of a long answer for that question, by the way. <laughs> it, it is, but it's it's a good answer, Coach. And the the other part that's really all funnels into is the practice. So the game plan is great, but it has to be executed on game day. And the link to that is a well orchestrated practice, well thought out in terms of the work we need, the situations we gotta put these guys into, the understanding that they have to have of the game plan. To, to get them to be successful on a Saturday. So for you, uh, it's it's pretty well thought out, too, in terms of how you're working over the course of the week 
and the different things that you're going to do, even the way that you'll rest your team and kind of get them primed for being able to go fast on a Saturday. Can you talk us through the practice week organization and what that looks like for you? Yeah, and first of all, I'll preempt this with that nobody has cornered the market on the perfect practice schedule, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone and watched Steve Spurrier's practice, and I've gone and watched Nick Saban's practice, and Bill Belichick's practice, and they're all and they're all very successful, and they're all very different. Okay, it's all what they believe in, what their emphasis is, and and, and what's important to them, and what they believe to to be successful in the and to win football games. So this isn't like, oh man, if you practice this way, you're going to win every game type mm-hmm. type deal. It's kind of like okay. Everybody's a little, a lot of different ways to skin this cat, and practices are very personal. You know, right. this is this is what I need to get done today. Right, this is how I want to coach my guys. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push them hard, not push them hard. Whatever. Okay, you guys, you understand what I'm saying yes. there? Right. One of our philosophy, which we got back, which is kind of a Chip Kelly, who I obviously steal a lot of stuff from Chip, and this was this was I thought we got from him years ago, is about. The Tuesday practice, Wednesday practice, it's all, everybody builds its own way. One's a red zone day, third down day, normal down, however you, however you structure that. Okay. But then Thursday is kind of what we call no sweat Thursday. So in other words, this is a day where basically we're not, we're, we're trying to, to take the physical off our kids and it be basically mental day. And where we're going to line up and kind of go through all the, the drives. So I'll basically script drives all day. And it's basically kind of a run through and just so they, we were make sure our signals are right, make sure guys understand the calls, make sure they know their, their, their splits are right, whatever. Okay. And, and the defense, the defense will pretty much give them kind of the 80% rule on the defense. We're going to see 80% of the time guys against all these different looks. And it's a very low impact day for us. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like sharpening your sword. I just stole that from Mike Leach, by the way. <laughs> it's kind of like sharpening your, your your sword on that day, right? And then now Friday is what we call Fast Friday. And and Chip's whole thing was, and which he did obviously tremendous study into this, was that your neurologic, neurological system, you can't have your guys be still for 48 hours and expect them to go out and after the first kickoff be at full tilt. All right, so, you, so we need to like, break a really good sweat 24 hours before kickoff. So we kind of want to rest them a little bit on, on Thursday, take it, take it off their legs, low impact day, ton of mental stuff, go through all your situational. And Friday, it is freaking balls to the wall now. We're rolling on Friday. It's fast Friday. Everything we do is full speed. We're finishing. Now, we're not out there very long, okay, 45 minutes to an hour maybe, all right? But when we hit the field, we are playing at game speed. So there's a couple of things that we talk about. Like every day, Tuesday and Wednesday is every day is game day. That's that mentality. All right. Friday is game day mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thursday is, hey, take a deep breath. Okay. Now, now we're prepared for the game. Let's go practice this stuff full speed as quick as we can and let's go play it. And, I mean, I've been, we've been doing that for a while, and, I, and I, I, we, we do that even on Tuesday and Wednesday is what Coach Summon calls fast start. And we do it with Mora, and I think Chip does it where right after the stretch, 
All right, he may blow the whistle and say, all right, ball's on the 10-yard line going in, let's go, and it's full speed. So it's kind of that same thinking is you're kind of setting the tempo. You're kind of setting the tempo for that practice right there. Might be four plays, but, man, we're going. And it's all one-word plays, and we're tempoed, and we're going fast. Well, that's kind of what Friday is. We're kind of setting the tempo for Saturday's game. And I know on the Thursdays, when I heard you speak about this before, you're sweeping the corners, you're doing all those things mentally you need to do. What's the dress of the day for Thursdays for you guys right now? Tennis shoes, shorts. And they wear those spider things just to protect or to protect themselves. Every head guy's been a little bit different. Sometimes no helmets. I think we did helmets with Coach with Jim just in case anybody was just, we just want to be careful not to bump heads or something right, and right. get a kind of a, a weird injury, but it's just kind of a little be as comfortable as you can, but be as safe as you can. You went back to three the corners. That's a coach Mora thing. So it was, or Pete Carroll or, or somebody was, that's kind of how we did. It was Tuesday was turnover Tuesday, competition Wednesday, sweep the corners Thursday, fast Friday. That was kind of the, mindset for the days got it the other interesting thing i heard you talk about was your specials and that you want to take your specials draw them up on cards and laminate them and keep them on the sideline with you uh i think that's a it's a pretty smart thing to do because they're usually things you don't get a ton of reps at but now you have something visual to show your players as well yeah we'll, we'll do that with specials our two-minute jump plays or trick, some end-of-the-game trick play, anything like you said, that probably the only time I ran it during the week was on that Thursday walkthrough, right? Mm-hmm. And I got one rep of it in the whole week. So we'll draw, we'll take plays like that and we'll draw them up on cards, laminate it. And, and a lot of them, and most of them don't change week to week. Right. The two-minute stuff and all that, so you're just keeping the same cards. And then there's a couple different ones maybe you add during the week. You just draw them up and laminate them call the guys together hey it's a timeout we got one play guys it may be fourth and nine at the nine with there's no time on the clock and it's this this play to win the football game to go to the pac 12 championship right well if it was something that we're just going to pull out of our ass it's probably going to be drawn up on the card and laminated and bring them on over and say, all right guys here it is you guys remember us running this just to kind of reaffirm everybody remembers what they're doing right right coach the other thing I think you really have become interested in and and started working a lot with is the virtual reality and how that can really serve as something that really your players can get that mental work in. They can get those extra reps. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing or what you've done with the VR and I guess where you see that going in the future. I'm going to give you the pros and the cons because I've been – this came about probably – six years ago driver came out and then aj and so where it just kind of came i'll give you to me the pros and the cons of it it's unbelievable how many you know axon is another another good program for just visual id and defenses and coverages and things like that uh, the vr stuff has just progressed so much and then i'm kind of excited here in the next next week or two i get go see this Ted Sundquist is doing with his VR stuff, but you can get multiple reps. And to me, where the, 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 like our, my kid, my, my players 
they take to it a lot faster than I could mm -hmm. because they've grown up in this video world, right? They've grown up in Xbox and PlayStation and Madden and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're very comfortable in that world. And, but it just it gives your quarterback and your receivers, whoever, right? I don't really, really spend much. I don't know how much receivers use it or, I mean, I'm sure they could, but I'm just talking about quarterback play is it gives them, you know, they can go sit at home at night and pull it up on their iPad and they can actually get the 360 view from the sky to the ground to behind them to the front of them. Uh, they can kind of, as they would move their head, there's something about wide vision and narrow vision. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the more you can train your quarterbacks on wide vision, obviously he needs to start with wide vision and then he's going to decide, okay, now in this out of this wide vision, who's really important to this play. And I'm going to narrow vision to that guy. Well, this kind of lets him practice that visually. So when he gets up, he could take a thousand reps of it before he actually comes back the next day and practices the play. Now, the, to me, the, the thing is, is that you, you really have to, for me, uh, just because I'm a little ADD anyway, but, but you really, you really need somebody in your room that that's what their job is. Cause I just don't have enough time and, and I'm too slow with it. And you have to cut it, you make cut ups. You can do some like unbelievable stuff with it. If you have somebody in the room that they are your VR coach. All right. Now he may be your assistant quarterback coach or, or whatever, or assistant receiver coach or whatever, but you have a guy that every day he builds these cut-ups, these VR cut-ups for your quarterbacks or your players, and then can put it up on the, on the iPad or on your Exos or whatever. So I think that, that, that's, that's important. It's almost like you got a video guy, you almost need a VR guy. Right. Well, it's definitely something that seems to be taking root in football, and there's, there's all kinds of different training opportunities. To, to use with it. I know I've used it with offensive line before and working with them on blitz pickup and those types of things. And you're not, you're obviously not working the physical part of it, but you can start to get your guys eyes where they need to be and get to understand things maybe better than you might even be given with a, a scout team at times. So there's certainly advantages to it. And I agree, just like everything else you talked about, someone on your staff can do it and be an expert at it that you don't have to own every single part of your offensive system yeah. and all the things you do. So, and you're exactly, coach. You're exactly right too. About sometimes we get so caught up in all these quarterback drills and arms and all that kind of stuff. Is that that that? I mean, I, I'm a firm. I I, I kind of coach my guys as I coach eyes and feet. Mm -hmm. And so VR is actually another another tool for us to to use to to coach our quarterbacks' eyes. I mean, I spend most of my time watching where my quarterback's head head is. And then how, how, how is his feet playing into his eyes? So the, the VR thing definitely can help him with that. Coach, I know we talked a ton about the strategic and tactical side of the game here, but when you look at all the things you do as a coach, ultimately what's the, the one thing you would really point to that is going to give your guys the winning edge on game day? <laughs> uh. But all the other guys can recruit real well, right? <laughs> great players make great coaches. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I mean, I'm a huge attitude guy. I think I, I, I probably spend more time talking to my, my quarterbacks and my, my team, my, my offense, about who they are and what they want to be. And there's so many. Like I just ordered on Amazon because when, they, when we go to camp, 
the first they I give book reports to all my quarterbacks, and the first one he, the first, I just ordered my Amazon books for this year, and the first one I have to do a book report is in the inner game of tennis, which I think is a I mean it's it's been around forever. Norm yeah. Chow told me about it twenty yeah. years ago, right? And I think it's still very I still it's still an up to date book for your guys about self one self two and the mental. And then there's oh, great books out there about warrior mindsets and things like that. Is so, I just want I want to have, I want my guys to have that swag. I want when they they have the confidence and if they're spending their whole time trying to learn a playbook and trying to learn how to say something or how to call a play or where I'm supposed to line up, then it takes away from that. So I think where I'm looking for the edge is is I want to make it simple, right? Well, what did what did Leonardo da Vinci say? Simplicity is is pure sophistication, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Is that the genius in anything is the simplicity of it? So if I can keep it simple form, where they can play fast, they're confident in what they're doing, and and they got great body language, they they're going out to practice with a purpose, and not just going out to practice waiting for Saturday or Friday night for the game, because that's the only reason they're out there is for the game. I want them to come to Tuesday, like Tuesday's game day, guys. All right, we 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 have we have to have a great Tuesday, and so how do I get them to have a great Tuesday? And that and how does this? They've been running the same play a million times. How do you keep it interested to them so that they can work on the details of it? But there's a lot of coaches out there who know a lot of football, and really good coaches that can scheme you to death. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not a guy that, that's going to go out there and out scheme you. I want my guys to outplay you. Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. And it was great to talk ball with you here today. I really appreciate you taking the time and best of luck to you I and the Wildcats. You. Yep, I appreciate you inviting me. It was an honor to get to spend an hour with you. And hopefully I get to see you here in about, about 10 days. Absolutely, Coach. All right, man. You take care. Bye, right, buddy. Thanks. For our listeners out there, you can follow Coach on Twitter at EndZoneFootball, and his website is EndZoneFootball.com. Thanks again for listening. Again, there's new shows coming soon. Follow me on Twitter for more news at Coach K. Grabowski.